So it's 7.30 on a bright, sunny summer morning in Wisconsin, and I am beat. I am running a 12-mile loop as I am training for a half marathon. It was a goal of mine to get back in shape after I'd had a kiddo, and this was going to be my longest run before the race, which was maybe two or three weeks before we were going. And I couldn't turn back because it was a loop. I live in the country in the middle of nowhere, so it's not like I can just walk around the block and go back home and check out. The bugs were biting. I was sweating because it was hot and muggy because, you know, we get those here in Wisconsin. And I was just done. And I couldn't, you know, I couldn't fast forward my way, but I really couldn't see the way home either. It's really hilly out here, it turns out. And so the uh, viewpoint is just not there. So I was stuck in this, this messy middle and I couldn't turn around. And it felt like where I was going was too far away. So I just had to take a moment, put on my big girl panties and realize that it's okay. I am built to do hard things and I've done hard things before, but navigating the mental game of this messy middle was really a struggle for me. And even when I got closer to that finish line, I, uh, I struggled to really push past. So that's what we're gonna talk about today how to navigate those really hard times in the middle where you can't see the end and you can't turn back. Welcome to Diary of a Worthy Pursuit. Where we talk about how to get what you truly want in life and in business. So when you, how, what point in the run was this happening? Was this six miles or was this I think it was probably more two? like seven or eight. It okay. was a mile two, right? Because at the beginning, you've got your, your pre-workout drink in you. You're just excited for this day. Mm -hmm. And you also don't have that sweat going, right? No, sure. The bugs yeah. aren't biting you yet because you're not sweaty and smelly yet. So it was, it was pretty good at the beginning. You know, I think like a lot of goals, you start and you've got all this momentum and excitement that really carries you through, but then you get halfway and you're like, what did I get myself into? Ah. So when you're running, you're running out in the country, mm -hmm. did you map out on Google Earth or yeah. maps or something like that? But you didn't know necessarily where you were in relation, like, is this mile five or is this mile seven? Well, I had a garment on my watch, or oh, I had my watch okay. on, so I knew that I was, you so know, you seven or eight miles in, and I okay. knew how far I had to go, right? Which is a great point, because in life, you don't always know no, how far you are. <laughs> or where you're going. And I think that that is really insightful, right? At least for me, when it's a distance, I can measure it. But for so many of us, it's hard because we we wanna quit when it's just the next call or the next decision or like the success that we're waiting for is right around the corner. We're closer than we think. Mm -hmm. And we have a depth perception problem. Right. You know, it's interesting because I had, I had a few employees leave all at, well, over the course of a month a few years ago. And I remember a day feeling like, you know what, we could just be done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we could just yeah. Hang it up. And it, it was interesting just having that feeling because I thought, that's dumb. <laughs> right? I mean, I can understand it. Like, you're having this um, devil angel kind of thing. Yeah. Like, party was thinking, okay, uh, if you walk away, what would you do? Mm -hmm. And then what would you tell everyone? And then what would you tell yourself? Yeah. Like, remember the time you gave up kind of thing? And it's interesting because it wasn't more than two days. We get some new employees. We get some new clients or whatever. And just you're back into growth mode. Yeah. And I was thinking two days ago or whatever it was, mm -hmm. I would have never thought that it would feel good. I thought yeah. this was going to take months. It didn't take months. It took days. Right. 
But it's interesting because at that moment you're like, whoa, I feel like I'm carrying the weight of the world with Jupiter thrown on top just for good measure. <laughs> right. And you get yourself like, okay, just push through. A little bit longer yeah. and then you find your stride back mm -hmm. again. But it's interesting to have that just like, uh, what do I do? And well, and it really comes, it's this whole mental game, right? Totally, that it's, totally a mental game. Because if you looked at it rationally, you would know that I'm taking the process, uh, taking the steps and following the process of what I need to do to hit this goal. Hopefully you're doing that. But it's the, the mental piece where you really get caught up, you know. So at another piece of this training is that the mental game, when I actually hit the race, was a struggle for me because I didn't, I hadn't prepared, I'd had that one hard run, but I hadn't prepared mentally for what it was going to be when I hit mile 10 and wanted to stop, oh, okay. and when I hit mile 12 and wanted to stop in the race. But then, I actually had moments in the race itself. We were running it with some friends, and I, I'm not complaining because it was Napa to Sonoma. So at the end, there was wine waiting for me. So it was oh, really nice. not that rough. <laughs> Suffer through it. Yeah, right? But I remember I was walking at mile 12, and my girlfriend, who I had kind of gassed at mile four, came running past me. Like the whole tortoise versus the hare situation, right? Oh, she sure. came up past me and she's like, are you okay? What's going on? I'm like, oh, I didn't feel right. I had all these stories in my head and all these excuses of why I slowed down. And she's like, you can do this. This is, you know, stop with your excuses. This is a choice. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that's good. You know, how can I replace the excuses that I have for why I'm stuck where I am to creating intentional choices about how I'm going to move forward? Right. And that was a, a game changer in mindset for me. So then you're just like, I hate that you're right. Instead I of hate that you're right, and I'm going to run with you, but this sucks. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't remember if I told the story before. I did a half marathon. Okay. And it was not my greatest moment. Uh, and it was not the greatest. There was no wine. Oh. I think there was beer at the end. But we did it in, uh, I want to say it was fall. Okay. And it was just a gravel trail. That's a normal bike trail. Mm -hmm. And it was down and back. Oh. So there was no scenery because everything was kind of dead and gross. Yeah. And there's, it was old train tracks. So there's just kind of slimy swamp and stuff like that. So there wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is majestic. It was like, oh, it stinks. <laughs> smells swampy here. But I remember I'm running and it was about mile four. And I didn't train, so that was mistake number one. Uh, about mile four, uh, my brain, or I'm sorry, my body decided to beat my brain, and mm. my body said, you're walking. Mm. And since maybe step 10, my brain was like, mm, we can keep going. My body's like, nah. Yeah. And so there's this battle, right? Da, 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 right. But you still keep running. Mile four, I just start walking. Instantly, about 10 people around me start walking. Nobody wow. had started walking before. Yeah. But I was in this crowd and I was like, I felt so bad. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I just gave them figurative permission to start walking. Right. So then you're like, okay, at that tree, you start running again. I did. Blah, da, 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 da. Start running again. Anyways, mile, I don't know, six or something like that. I start seeing the people running past. Oh, yeah. Coming back. Uh huh. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> I know for sure I wasn't even halfway. Not even relatively close to halfway. And these guys are just, you know, Zoom with their crazy running gear. Yeah. I'm there in, I don't know, khakis or whatever. <laughs> but it was interesting thinking, like, just looking at their focus and their mindset and the fact that they probably weighed 100 pounds less than I did. It was interesting 
thinking like, oh my gosh, there, I guess, what, that would be mile 12 coming back. So almost done. Yeah. I'm not even halfway, and they barely look like they're winded. Right. It seemed like it was practice for them doing a marathon or ultra marathon. So you're like, ugh, you yeah. got to push through them. Well, it's, uh, what I like about what you're saying, though, is that you're, you're kind of checking your input, good or bad, and surveying the scene around you, right? So one of those things that I think when we get stuck in this messy middle and we don't feel like there's a way forward but we don't want to quit is just see what you're surrounding yourself with. You know, we, we take in a lot of things. Uh, do you watch the news? Do you follow social media and you're getting a lot of negative messaging? Do you surround yourself? with people who say, oh, it's okay to quit, that's mm. all right, you don't need to really do this thing. And I think that that is so, so huge because to your point, we have impact to others around us and, and so do they. You know, I think it's so interesting, when I was on my health journey three, four years ago, I joined these Facebook groups of people who had the same, like semi-same diagnosis, struggling with digestive issues, and I would join one and I'd just see these stories come, sob story after sob story, and I would comment on some of them and be like, you know, hey, I can relate to this, I do that, you know, I have had this experience, but also here's what I'm doing and here's what's working for me. And all I would get back was shade, oh. things like, I've tried that, that doesn't work, or oh, maybe, but nothing seems to be working for me. I feel like I've tried everything. And finally, I had to quit those groups because I said, oh. my goal is not to be defined by this health issue. Mm -hmm. And everyone else here is happy with that. Right. And so I can't surround myself with people like that because that's not the future I want for myself. So they wanted to own the I am sick versus right. I'm getting better. Yes. So interesting. Very interesting. And so I think a social media audit in general, I think is really great when you find yourself stuck in these moments or you find yourself with that negative self-talk of really like, what am I saying to myself? And then how is that influenced by what's going on around me? Mm -hmm. Interesting, Iron Man was just here. Yeah. And I heard some people that were saying similar things like, oh my gosh, these guys are crazy for doing that. Right. And I thought, are they crazy? I mean, my half marathon, I was like, yeah, yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit of insanity there. Yeah. But on the flip side, there's a there's a benefit to doing something that's essentially you versus you yeah. and pushing yourself and knowing that what you believe is your best, you can do better than that. Mm -hmm. So, I, and I was also thinking, how do they practice for that, right? You ran 12 miles to practice mm -hmm. for a half marathon. I don't know what practicing for an Ironman looks like. It's got to be a full-time job. So, turns out my husband has done it twice. Oh, nice. Okay. And uh, it was pretty much a full-time job. Okay. And now he won't be doing it until our kids are older because right. he did it before we had kids. But it was absolutely a thing where you, you wake up and you do a two-hour workout in the morning or you go for a swim and then you, you, know, you bike home from work or you do a two-hour thing and you're basically gone on the weekends doing long workouts. And so... At that point, it was fine because I had my workaholic tendencies. Cool, you go oh, do all sure. your workouts and I'll work the weekend. This we can both feed our addictions. Yeah, sure. right? <laughs> exactly. But what I think is interesting about that is that for my husband, the secret to his success was finding a group of people who were crazy enough to do this to surround himself with so mm -hmm. he could look at what was possible and level up. Oh, nice. And I think okay. it's so interesting that you really do need to kind of recruit a tribe of people mm -hmm. that are chasing the same things you are because you're only going to push yourself to the level of the folks that you surround yourself with. Totally, totally. So Yeah, he, you become the average, right? Right, exactly. So if he didn't have people around him to reach toward, it would just been like, eh. 
maybe I'll walk the marathon at the end. Like that's a that's a long way without doing the other two things. Mm -hmm. But uh, he found a tribe, he found a coach, and it really helped him through it. I mean, he crushed it. But he's one of those that like could do a half marathon and break a PR without training. So oh wow! Okay, it's just ridiculous. Good for him. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I wish we were all blessed with that. Hopefully, my kids get that. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Uh, the surrounding yourself with a good tribe is huge deal. Yeah. Because I found myself, even when you tell people you're starting a business, they're like, oh my gosh, why would you do that? Right. Or you start working out or whatever, mm -hmm. where you have the people that you're surrounding yourself with and they're like, just one more ice cream cone or right. whatever it is. Right. And it's tough to not fall into the trap of whatever it is your crew is doing. Yeah. So you just want to make sure you have a good crew. Very so important. So I, when I started my business last year, I didn't have entrepreneurs around me and I noticed that. And oh. I said, it's not that I don't want to continue to have the friendships that I have. These people are great. They stretch me in other ways. But I don't have good business besties. Mm. And so I joined a couple different groups. And I kind of had coffee with a couple people and was kind of like interviewing friends, I felt like. Oh, I get it. Totally. But that idea of who's chasing the same thing I am and who's going to push me. And now I have this group of five girlfriends. We meet once a month. Um, one of them is a social media person, and so she is very into catchy titles. So we have the Empower Her Connect. Oh, Empower wow. Her Connect. <laughs> and we get together once a month, and we talk about, like, what were your wins last month? What are you stretching for? What can we look for for each other? And then we just support each other. So if it's like a, hey, I have this event coming up. Will you just promote it for me? Or, hey, I'm trying this new content, this new product, and I just need someone to test it out and give me some feedback. Will you check it out? Like, oh. it's been so helpful because then, like I was sharing with you, I had a big win last week. I was able to secure a stage, a, a pretty big speaking stage for me. I was super excited. That's yeah. how I want to grow my business. One of the first things I did was send a message to these business besties and share ah. that win because it's like they will understand this win more right. than other people around me. Not that the other people around me won't be happy, but they'll understand the weight of right. this win. And appreciate it. Right. Instead of just saying, that's great, what else you got? Right, Have exactly. you watched this show on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I totally understand. It's interesting you say that, interviewing friends, because I didn't realize that I've been doing that. And then I have done that when I started my business for this time. But you're totally true. Right. Totally true. Because the conversations that you have with people that aren't in that entrepreneurial space is different. Not bad. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, but oftentimes not necessarily good. And where your head is... Or what you want to focus on or what you want to learn. Yeah. Yeah, totally I think true. The, the pace of how you chase life and what you do in your free time mm -hmm. is also very different. Right? Like if I have, and this you could probably say is not a strength, but <laughs> if I'm driving somewhere, I don't just sit in silence. I know that there is a lot of power to that. But I want to be taking in the next thing. What can I be oh, learning? Sure. What can be driving my, my business further? And there's other people who don't do that. You know, there's, you do it in different ways. So I just think it's interesting that if you are constantly growing, it's helpful to surround yourself with people who are growing, mm -hmm. who get it and can support you, even when you stumble. Yeah, I do both ways. Interesting, yeah. so I drive my little Tesla, yep. and Tesla, there's little, I'm gonna call it an advertisement just because I feel like it is. So you gotta pay a monthly, or they want you to pay a monthly nut mm -hmm. for something, I don't know, internet <laughs> or sure. something like that, right? So, but you can also plug in a little USB jump drive okay. with tunes or podcasts and stuff like that on it. Okay. So I'll have this little podcast thing cruising, right? I'm listening to my stuff, getting myself all better. And you get in the car 
and it doesn't always, I haven't figured out the pattern, but it doesn't always go back to what you're listening to. It says, hey, you don't have your premium subscription. Mm. And so I'll just drive in silence, kind of stewing a little bit. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, I know I don't have the premium subscription. I know right. because I didn't pay and I have no interest in mm -hmm. paying a monthly nut, right? No interest. I want a car. Um, but then after I get over the stewing, I'm like, you know what? This is kind of forced silence. And I could push the screen buttons, whatever, to get whatever up yeah. on there for music or podcasts, whatever. But sometimes I choose to be in silence. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. It is. Not for hours. Right. But, but for whatever, 10 minutes, something like that. Yeah. And I also, it reminds me of, um, I used to drive truck for Napa. Okay. Delivering parts yeah. way back in my high school days. Um, and the guy, the owner, this is one of those things where you're learning lessons that I didn't realize that I was learning at the mm -hmm. time. He was a business owner. He owned a few Napas, whatever. To me, he was just, he was the man, mm -hmm. right? He's just the guy. He's the boss man. So, uh, right. Anyways, he comes out and he's like, hey, every once in a while, just turn the radio off and listen to the truck. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that makes sense. And uh, the reason that he said that is because one of the other drivers was driving around with a flat tire for the better part of an afternoon. Oh, no. They didn't know. Yeah. He was oblivious to the steering change. He had the radio turned up, so mm -hmm. he didn't hear the, you know, all the noise. Right. And so that guy, you could argue, cost the owner a new tire and delay because the truck was out of business or right. out of service for that day. And at the time I was like, huh. But then I did what he said and it was kind of interesting because it, then you kind of get a feel for, okay, I believe the vehicle's running well now. So this is what a vehicle that's operating well sounds like. Yeah. And so when anything like a bearing would go out, you hear squeaky brakes or something like that, you were aware of that noise. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that way that you're just aware of what it should be yeah. and versus what it is if it's not going right. Well, like that, we make so many comparisons to cars, but I love that <laughs> because we'll it's, have it's really important to, to take that silence on the flip side of my podcast listening to see what's going on in your own head, mm -hmm. right? If you are navigating this messy middle, you can really get some trash talk going, right? So when I was in that run, I was like, Oh, this is so far, I'm never going to be able to do this, those sorts of things, uh -huh. right? And so when you recognize, well, if you don't take a pause and just pay attention to what's running through your mind, you don't really recognize that that's negative. Mm -hmm. So then you don't have the opportunity to flip it. Uh, so one of the things that's really helped me when I get in the messy middle is just having some kind of mantra. And well, first expecting that the messy middle is going to happen. Sure. No matter what, just right? It's going to. Yeah, nothing's going to be, nothing worth accomplishing is easy. This entrepreneurship thing is not easy, no. but expecting that something's going to happen and you're going to figure it out, mm -hmm. but then having a mantra that you can go back to. So after that day, what, well, what got me through that day was that I can do hard things. I've done hard things before. Like oh. I birthed the baby. I can run 12 <laughs> miles, right? Like I carried a Fair. baby for nine months. I can do this. And so... It's just that. How do you build confidence? What can you say to yourself when you're at your lowest point that is, is going to be meaningful, right? So for me, it was, I can do hard things. And, you know, I'd repeat it to myself in different ways. Like the, you got this, you got this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but also, it's the, what's going to speak to you uh, in those moments? Interesting. You know, you remind me of the little train, the little engine yeah. that could. And I remember reading that to my kid. 
And I'm saying, we're going to change that. It is not I think I can. It's I know I can. Mm -hmm. I know I can. I know instead of I think I can. Right. Right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, you got to be confident. <laughs> right. That you can to get you up that hill and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. So I totally get that. Yeah. But it's, yeah, huge mental game. Right. But that's, it's also a game. It is a game. You treat it like a game. Yeah. If you look at it in that way. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some people who don't have the, I guess the, what am I looking for? Not the blessing, the privilege. When you're in a tight spot mm -hmm. and maybe you're single and this is, your business is your only source of income. Not that a lot of us want to have a fallback anyway, but right. it feels like there's more pressure. But one of the revelations that I had once with a business coach was, but who's putting that pressure on you? Oh. You know, is that really external pressure? Like, yeah, sure, I need to pay my rent or whatever the thing is, but who's putting the financial pressure on you? Because if it's you, then you are also the one who has the power to relieve that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it puts you in a place of control to a point. Right. Or at at least, least of influence. Right. It's building your own prison kind of thing. Yeah. Or building your own goals or keeping yourself hungry, you could say. Because mm -hmm. not necessarily a bad thing to have pressure. Right. right? It's how diamonds are formed, so mm -hmm. that's cool. Right? So. <laughs> well, and that's that could be another great mantra, right? Pressure's how diamonds are formed. Right. But I think this idea of then... So let's say you can't break yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. And you find yourself in a funk, like your two-day funk. Mm -hmm. Then you... If you're surrounding yourself with the right people, but maybe you're not seeing them anytime soon, maybe you just don't want to admit the fact that you're struggling, mm -hmm. right? I think if you surround yourself with the right people, they understand that there's struggle, but maybe it's new or maybe you don't have those people. Sometimes you just need to ask for help. So, uh, fair, totally fair. Yeah, asking, so reaching out to your crew, is that what you're reaching saying? Reaching out to your crew or even if you have a partner or a friend and just be like, hey, I know that you're not a business owner, but I'm struggling right now. All and right. here's what I'm struggling with. So... I just need you to listen, and I need you to tell me that I can do this. Oh, Or I need you okay. to, you know, whatever you need in that moment. And maybe if it's a good enough friend, you don't need to tell them what you need. But sometimes there's this YouTube video that's about, it's not about the nail where this woman is sitting there, and she's got a <laughs> nail sticking out of her head, and she's complaining to her that. husband. And he would be like, well, just take the nail out. And she's like, it's not about the nail. She just wanted to vent, and he wanted to fix it. Right. I feel like a lot of relationships. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. But in that moment, it's helpful to say, I just need you to listen, or I do need to help you, have you help me brainstorm how to get out of this. What can I do differently? But sometimes we just need a little encouragement to break ourselves out of a funk. Totally. Yeah, I think it's okay to give yourself permission for a moment Yeah. to say that you're in a funk. But there's a quote that I just heard, and I don't know, I heard it from, I want to say Tony Robbins, but I don't necessarily know that he was the one that originated it. Probably goes back to Jim Rohn or something like that. It said, if you follow the trail of someone's stress, you'll find their biggest fear. So if you start writing down what are you worried about, what are your concerns, what are your challenges, yeah. your issues, your struggles, and you keep asking yourself why, like I feel like my business won't be successful. Why? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Right. And you keep going down, you'll end up learning about what is the big thing that you're really concerned with mm -hmm. or what is the big thing looming over your head. Yeah. And a lot of times it just comes down to something like you won't feel loved yeah. or you won't feel appreciated, you won't feel like you're enough. And you're like, you're putting all that pressure on you and trying to solve it with something that may or may not be able to solve it. Right. But in the end, if you change your perspective just a little tiny bit, you can remove that fear, and then it gives you more freedom to do what you want to do. 
Right. Change I, the goal. I think that's what we're all about, and sometimes we lose sight of that in these struggles and in these messy middles. We're really chasing big goals. I mean, we all set really big goals for our businesses, hopefully. We lose sight of the fact that we started this business to have more freedom right. in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Financial, time, not working for the man, whatever it is. And when we take a step back and realize how far we've come, mm -hmm. I talk about this a lot, but it's one of my favorite books, The Gap Versus the Gain, of being like, when you find yourself stuck in the middle, we so often look forward to how far we have to go that we don't look back and see how much progress we've actually oh, made. Right. And all so right. then it's a lot easier to acknowledge like, holy crap, look at all these things I have done. Mm -hmm. Like, look how, how far I have come. There's a, a really interesting practice. Uh, I think I told you I was part of this fearless summer camp that my friend Kate ran. Yep. And one of the things that she encouraged was this idea of acknowledging what you do, no matter how big or small. Like, yes, clearly we need to move some big rocks and boulders, but if you feel like you're not making progress and you feel like you're stuck, even acknowledging the little things is so helpful because we so often focus on where we need to go that we don't acknowledge the things that we did, even if oh, they were big. Sure. You know, so if I was having a crappy day earlier this week, I could have written down, written down things like, you know, today I sent out a marketing email. And to me, that's not a big deal because I'm a marketer. But hey, it's a big deal because that was moving my business forward. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what, today I didn't pick up work until 9 a.m. because I did morning drop-off or I did these other things and that aligns with my values. So I think just writing, acknowledging first what you are doing and then writing it down, there's something about how it hits you mentally and how you process it that really even internalizes it more. Yeah, it's interesting you say the morning drop-off thing as you didn't start working till nine, but you had the freedom to do morning drop-off. Right. It wasn't uh, you have to start work at seven or something like that. Right. So you had a little bit of elbow room, no mm -hmm. freedom, which is the whole goal. Right. Or at least a big chunk of it, right? Yeah. Well, and that comes back to what we've talked about in other podcasts is just keeping the high-level goal in mind. Like, why are you doing this? Why did you set such a big goal? And it's mm -hmm. really the fact that you, you got into this business for a reason. Yeah. I have a quote in my office that says, appreciate the opportunity. Because mm, a lot of good. times you're given stuff and you're like, oh, right? Yeah. And you understand, like, what had to happen for that opportunity to present itself? Right. There's a lot of stars that had to align for all that to happen. And you're just going to be like, eh. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Yeah, really? Right. I was trying to tell my kid that. He had a soccer game or a soccer tournament this weekend. And he was, he was in a funk. He was tired because uh, he played a lot of games. And it's one of those like, buddy, do you know what all had to happen? Just look around. I don't know. There's 20 fields, I think, something like that, soccer fields. Yeah. Just think of the one person that has to mow all that. And then think of all the people that had to paint the lines, the concession people that had to make sure that they had all the stuff, the referees yeah. that have to run around game after game after game chasing you guys around. And then think of all the parking and the cars and the things that had to happen for people to have those vehicles. And the weekends that were sacrificed, right? People yeah. didn't go on vacation or anything. They went to watch all these kids' soccer games. Like all that had to happen for you to be in this one game. And you're whiny. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, and I mean, perspective is a hard thing to teach a nine-year-old right. or a 13-year-old or out, whatever. Yeah. But I think the... The piece of that, though, that is so helpful, it just comes back to this idea of how are you positioning it? Like, I have the I have the opportunity to have the time freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, do I have to go drop my kids off or do I get to go right. drop my kids have off? Have to versus get to. Yeah, and yeah. I think that sometimes the more we pay attention to that wording, the more we can kind of not trick ourselves but catch ourselves. And Which is a line. And rewire it. Yeah. 
to look really at the, find the it. reason, right? Or understanding yeah. that this is an opportunity, it's not a curse. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, hopefully it's an opportunity if you you wanted to start this business, so right. hopefully you are where you want to be. Or, or have this kid, or achieve Or you're this reaching, goal, right? right, exactly. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, the good thing to know is that we're all going to hit this messy middle, and you can do hard things. You've done hard things in the past, mm -hmm. and so you can do it again. And if you need a little encouragement, then go find it. That sounds perfect. This has been Diary of a Worthy Pursuit. Where we talk about how to get what you truly want in life and in business.